Time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up and Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 702 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, May the 13th. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. I'm your host on this Saturday morning excursion into broadcast excellence, current events, all the things happening in this crazy world that we want to share with you here at Saturday Morning Coffee. We're all about limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom, more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. we got a country to save. Folks, it starts right here in the studio, right there, wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice. It's Saturday morning coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we try to figure all of this craziness out together. Joined in the studio a little earlier than normal this week by producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, a little, little off the clock this morning. Well, the uh, bonus five minutes. The bonus five minutes. Saturday morning week. coffee continues two weeks in a row. Well, we did not get our uh, news break at the top of the hour, but we're all good with that. So well, what's la- the... Uh, what's last week we did, last week we did at the 8 o'clock hour. At the 8 o'clock hour. So we're good to go. Uh, what is the coffee of the morning for I you, Dr. Dye? I am drinking Starbucks French roast. Tim McGinnis would be proud. I'm drinking a little Lavazza oh, yeah, this morning. Coffee. That's good great coffee. coffee. I love Lavazza. Absolutely. Always get some uh, Lavazza when I'm over at the uh, at the uh, famous toastery. So good stuff there. Hope you guys have got a fine cup of coffee. Let us know what you're drinking this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee, brewed or otherwise. Whatever you got going on, let us know. Call in line here at the studio, as always, 843-903-2945. You can also text your comments to the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line, that number is 843-798-TALK. That's 843-798-8255. You can tweet your comments to the show. Uh, the tweeter, tweeter, the Twitter handle for the show is at Reese Boyd. So if you'll follow at Reese Boyd on Twitter, you'll also get updates whenever we post podcast updates to the podcast page. You can also email your comments to the show. The mailbag address is ReeseBoydSMC at gmail. Dot com. That's ReeseBoydSMC at gmail.com. Many of you also like to call during the week, during normal business hours, during the day job, which is Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. You can reach me uh, most days, 843-839-9800, unless I'm in court or something like that. Always love to hear from our Saturday morning coffee listeners. So a lot to talk about here on Saturday morning coffee today. A lot going on this week. Did you catch the... Uh, Catch the Trump interview, the town hall on CNN. I did. On what, CNN. A, what a huge mistake by CNN. To, what, was, uh, what was CNN thinking? Well, the, the interviewer, I understand, is an entertainment uh, correspondent. She's She was in way over oh, yeah. her depth. Oh, he destroyed her. Yeah, way yeah. over her depth. Yeah. Well, and what was, if it had been a congenial interview, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could have been a, a 
an effective kind of a fun town hall, typical town hall that you might see. But she clearly had him, in her own mind, uh, set up. She had several... In the crosshairs. Yeah, several gotcha questions that Mm -hmm. she tried to ambush him with, Mm -hmm. and he just obliterated when like, he said silly little girl because i'm not president tricks are for kids <laughs> when when he when i forget what the uh how come you've changed your viewpoint on something as far as the budget being maybe, yeah maybe yeah uh raising the debt limit i think it was um and he said because i'm not president because i'm not president you know and 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 so much of what was said was uh just i, I mean frankly I, I thought the president uh hit it out of the park it's uh, it, it, not Everything. There are a couple of things that I wish he would say a little bit differently. But, you know, one of the things that I thought about, Glenn, is interestingly enough, having had a day or two to reflect on it, I think two people who have done more for Donald Trump's presidential ambitions than anybody else, Alvin Bragg, the DA in New York who indicted him mm-hmm. and or uh, got convinced a, a grand jury to indict him. Right. And then um, and then CNN with this town hall and i'm and i'm not sure the uh, this this woman who has pursued this uh civil claim of uh this me too sexual assault claim for the bergdorf gordman affair from right. what 26 years ago yeah something like that i mean give us a break hey Calvin. um give us a break quite honestly just words that trump made years ago um people still hold against him yeah that's why some people did not vote for trump you know in 2020 uh because him and Billy Bush came out of a bus and said, you know, some locker room talk. Some locker room talk. You know, and they hold that against him. And I, like I, I've said it for uh, a couple of years now um, since Biden's been in office and since we had our last election. Uh, if it was your boss and you got a raise every year and he helped your 401k and he made things better, you felt safer and all that at your workplace. Are you going to quit and leave your job because you've got a bad boss? Bosses come and go. So no, you're not. And yeah. and Donald Trump was the leader of our country when you were in better shape. Now look what you've done by voting for Biden. Look what you've done. Look at the border. I mean, we, we're going to talk about the border uh, today. Look at anything, uh, Glenn. Look at the banking systems, banking, uh, banking, uh, bank shutdowns, bank collapses, uh, the economy. Look at our look at our geopolitical relationships, our foreign policy, our standing on the world stage. Our global security in the in, in in the in the sense of how are we uh, visa China Russia Iran the companies that would literally destroy us if they could you know the the company the countries that are uh, di- diametrically opposed to us and the way of life that we stand for I mean if you compare where we are today with where we were two years ago hmm. I, I don't understand how anybody can say anything other than joe biden has got to go now what you replace him with i can understand why you might have a debate about that sure but joe the the biden administration has been an abject failure on any metric mm-hmm. I, there, I, name me a metric where they can point to any success nothing but he's got like the best press secretary ever huh <laughs> jean pierre is jean just she's so intelligent i mean it just blows my mind how somebody so intelligent could be in a position where all her intelligence is just not being used. Speaking of being in way over your head, uh, yes, I don't know how she, well, let's strike that. I do know how she got the job. Yeah. But the the interesting thing to me is I don't even think she likes being up there anymore. I mean, oh. I think she is 
infinitely miserable when she's behind that podium. Uh, Jen Psaki. Yeah. She could only – Reese, when you don't like doing something, you can only do it for so long, right? Yes. And then eventually the there's a straw that breaks the camel's back. You know, you've got to move on. And yeah. I, I don't know. Have you ever seen um, uh, her on – what'd she go, to MSNBC? MSNBC. Yeah, have you ever seen her on there? I don't. I don't oh. ever watch. I don't, ever, I don't ever watch. So I kind of lost track yeah. of uh, of her. But sorry, Miss Saki, I, I don't watch you. Well, when you when you see her uh, dissembling in front of the press, and some of them are just uh, Ducey and others are so it's so transparent that she's uh, not being honest and right. and and not shooting straight with the press corps. It, it makes it it makes a a mockery of the whole system. Lies, lies, lies. Now, Jen Psaki did get really good at the lies. Uh, she really did. Yeah. I mean, she almost be, Pepper and Batty almost became believable uh, at times. You you but, wanted there were times when you actually wanted to believe her. Oh yeah, but this one, <laughs> this one you never do. And matter of fact, um, what was the name of the the movie where uh, they would put you the, the out on in the and people were trying to kill each other. The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Okay, yeah, there was yeah. a lady that like ran the city or something. That's who Jean Pierre reminds me of. Yeah, the, the real heavy makeup. And yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, we hope you guys have got uh, your coffee. A lot to talk about here on the show uh, today. A lot going on. We're going to be talking more about the border and all the craziness going on. Finally, uh, the uh, they're, they're they're finally getting tough. Uh, Glenn Mayorkas comes out and says yeah. we're going to get tough on the border yeah. after after two years yeah. of literally. Leaving the back door wide open, yep. uh, folks. It's uh, it's so predictable that here in election season, uh, the Biden administration would have finally decided to to wise up. We'll also be talking more about this CNN appearance uh, that mm. Trump made, and and you know, interesting story, uh, Glenn. We'll talk a little bit more about this, but I understand that CNN cut the thing short. They realized it was it was <laughs> such a, a, a an epic fail. Uh, that they cut it about twenty minutes short. I'm I'm, I'm seeing yeah. reports of that as well, so that's yeah. interesting. And Trump has uh, Trump has responded to critics uh, of his appearance. We'll talk about that. And of course, Anderson Cooper had some interesting things to say. Anderson Cooper said, "I wouldn't be surprised if nobody ever listened to this network ever again." Yeah. <laughs> so. But but can you imagine being at? We're at a promotions meeting. Okay, everybody's sitting around the table, and they come up with this idea, and they all agreed that this is a great idea for ratings for CNN. Yeah, you wonder where they were coming from. I mean, like I said, if it had been more of a congenial, a typical yeah. town hall, but they clearly had him set up, wanted to set him up. But but and, all the audience though, yeah, but the audience Trump, was largely Trump, Trump people. Yeah. And it's it's funny. It's yeah. like he knew they knew it was a setup. Yeah. He knew it was a setup, and they knew that he knew they know it was. A, I mean, it was kind of like you know better. You know, yeah. you know better. You know what you're, and and yet. Somehow she just could not deliver, and and she was just in way over her head. One of the things I would I would say is I wish I wish Trump would say this. Of all the things he's saying now, I think he's he's hitting all the right notes. He sounded um, like somebody who's going to be elected president. Yeah. You know that was interesting to me. Um, he's taking some of the edges, smoothing some of the edges a little bit. But one of the things I wish he would say when 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 the the subject of COVID and the vaccine comes up, I just wish he would say, look. Operation Warp Speed, we made a mistake. You know, we should not have rolled that vaccine out so quickly on an experimental basis, and we should not have pushed it into, you know, the, the, the Fauci ouchie. We shouldn't have jabbed it in so many people uh, under duress. Right. I, and, frankly, I'm, I'm regretful that I had anything to do with that. I'm sorry that I had anything to do with that. But I was sold a bill of goods. 
you know, the, the scarf and right. Fauci yeah. and, and, scarf. All, and all of the people, Dr. <laughs> yeah. Burks, all the yeah. people that I thought that I should be able to rely on and trust and trust in my circle. Yes. Literally sold me and sold the country a bill of goods. Right. You know, and we made a mistake. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that would be a, a more effective line to, to take on yeah. the on the subject of the vaccine. But nonetheless, I mean, I think he sounds, you know, the interesting thing that I was started that whole discussion a minute a minute ago is it's funny to me that the people who have done more for the election pro, re-election prospects or election prospects of Donald Trump more than anybody in my opinion Alvin Bragg uh, this this crazy lady that su- sued him for sexual assault at Bergdorf Goodman back in 1937 and and CNN I you know I talk to Republicans every all week of all stripes uh, mm-hmm. Lynn, and it's amazing to me there were people I think there were plenty of Republicans out there who supported Trump's policies, but were sort of ready for a change of venue, a change of kind of a, a, a different messenger, a, di- a different spokesperson. But after the whole Alvin Bragg thing, and 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 even more so, I've noticed it even more so after the the CNN thing. It seems to be. I mean, people who were on the fence or or actually looking for somebody else are like, I'm all in. I'm all in. Because I think the the implicit message is, if they have to work so hard to destroy the guy, yeah, there must be something special about Donald <laughs> Trump yeah. if they are working this hard to destroy him. Yeah, and and that's clearly what CNN was trying to do, and clearly they, was, I think they thought that was going to be the uh, the takedown. I actually thought there were times where everybody was on the same page except that girl. Uh, the way the yeah. audience laughed, I laughed. Yeah, I, mean, I was because, right in sync. Yeah, yeah, it was like, are you kidding me? You are. I mean, he, Donald came prepared, uh, but actually his, you know, he, he has kind of, he wasn't sitting up straight. He kind of was, you know, had the slouched shoulders and all, but he acted, acted like he went into almost little kid mode because, you know, like when he said, oh, because I'm not president anymore. Yeah. I mean, he was almost like a comedian uh, <laughs> and, and playing to the audience at that time. Yeah. So you ready to change our, um, our language? You know, this LBGTQ, uh, we're, we're. We're changing our language. LGBTQIA plus plus. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if you want to what, talk what, about What are we going to change? Um, well, lesbians want to now be called non-men who love non-men. Non-men who love non-men. Yeah, let's see. There's an LBG community's effort well, to redefine the term. I have a lesbian. question. I have a question for you, Glenn. This is off topic. <laughs> but wait, what does the plus stand for? Why did we get to the plus? That's What's everybody the else. That's everybody else. Yeah, yeah but wouldn't ev- you be offended? Don't you have a right to be offended if you're the plus? No, but I mean. And, no, and here's you, the thing. <laughs> I was proud that I was able to keep up with the acronyms as we added them. I mean, L- LGB, I was, I mean, right on top yeah, of that. Yeah, Lesbian, gay, yeah, bisexual. Yeah, LGBTQ. I always thought the T was what transitioning or transgender, maybe transgender yeah. transitioning, and then Q. I always thought Q was questioning, like you were kind of you weren't really sure where you were. Or oh, where I you thought were it was headed. questionable. Questionable. Well, <laughs> then I heard a, there was an interview with I, I, I can't remember who. I supposedly it's queer. Well, I thought queer was hmm, that Q. Wait, okay, I can see that. So LGBTQ. I thought it was questioning. Supposedly there's some people who think that's queer. Yeah. I thought it was. Passe. I didn't think queer. Yeah. I thought queer was a little bit pejorative. I, I you thought could, that was kind of a done deal years ago. Yeah, you done deal years ago. You can't yeah. use that word yeah. anymore. And so LGBTQ I A. I don't <laughs> even have a clue what the I and the A are. I know the plus is everybody else. Well, I think it's everybody else. That's the only I, I, I can assume. But I mean, did we go with the plus because we ran out of letters? 
I, I don't know. I think they just said it was getting too long and too hard for people to remember. <laughs> so we need to come up with a symbol. Clearly, like, like clearly, we need a new system. We just yeah. need to reduce it all down to one letter. Man. But anyway, uh, folks, we got a lot to talk about coming up in the second hour. We are going to be talking. We've got a, an interview coming up with Wayne Gray. Wayne is the chairman of the Ori County Ride Committee. We're also going to be talking to Gary, excuse me, Guy Mitchell. Guy has written a book called Climate Change and Global Warming, The Great Deception. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about the the great deception of climate change and a lot more. Here, all here today on Saturday Morning Coffee, the slightly expanded version. Stick with us. A lot more to come. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd. We're talking to Scott Powell with Powell Financial Services. Scott, 2022 was a very tough year in the markets. Now we see inflation squeezing family budgets. More and more people I run into are keeping less, it seems. But I hear you talk about keeping more. How How do you do that? Well, you think about when you say keep less, it really is tough for people. They pull up to the pump and go get their groceries. And in the markets investments are just whipsawing everybody daily as the chairman Powell says something, Janet Yellett says something. And so what we do is deploy our keep more process and we put new clients through a keep more audit to make sure they are keeping more of their wealth and keeping more of their income. So you can live more, love more, and one day leave more. Pile Financial, we don't have products to sell. We have strategies to deploy. Reach out to us at 843-945-4480. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Darling, I have come to tell you Though it almost breaks my heart But before the morning, darling We'll be many miles apart Don't describe the breath of my Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 723 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the big show. A lot to uh, talk about, cover today. I wanted to remind you guys that uh, next week, coming up on uh, Saturday, uh, May the 20th, we've got uh, the Blue Crab Festival coming up in Little River. The 2023 Blue Crab Festival is going to be um, it's going to be going on from eight o'clock to it looks like one p.m. and uh, encourage you guys to get out for that. Going to be a lot of booths. Uh, the WTKN team will be there, and so a lot going on at the Blue Crab 
Festival in Little River. Hope you all will check that out next weekend. And I also want to remind you guys that Saturday Morning Coffee is available as a podcast. If you miss any episodes of the show, check us out in the Apple CarPlay, Google Play, or your other part podcast platform. Just search for Saturday Morning Coffee. Look for the familiar blue and red coffee cup logo and click listen now, or even better, click subscribe. And if you do follow us on Twitter, at Reese Boyd, the Twitter handle, you'll get an update every time we post an episode of the podcast to the podcast page. You know, we say that, um, folks, freedom hangs in the balance. It literally does. If you've been watching uh, what's been going on at the border uh, this week, it really does literally hang in the balance. Um, we got a crazy world that we're living in the middle of, and, and it just reminds me every day how important it is uh, for us to be vigilant, uh, to stand up, keep um, keep our uh, keep our guard, because uh, literally freedom hangs in the balance, folks. We've got a, a royal uh, disaster unfolding, literally, at the border with the uh, with the end of Title 42, and uh, it's amazing how uh, bad things are. Several South Texas counties have issued disaster declarations, as titled this from the Epoch Times, as Title 42 immigration orders expired Thursday amid prediction that waves of illegal immigrants will cross the border in the coming days. Hidalgo County Judge Richard Cortez on Thursday issued a disaster declaration allowing his county to obtain relief funds. County suits across the Rio Grande from uh, Tamaulipas, Mexico, have been report. There have been reports of thousands of would-be illegal immigrants located located across the river, uh, waiting to cross. Around the same time, Cameron uh, County Judge Eddie Trevino issued a disaster recul- declaration on Thursday in response to the imminent threat of widespread or severe damage, injury, loss of life, property resulting from the border security disaster. Uh, According to a statement from his office, the border security disaster went into effect immediately and will last for seven days or until further extended. Cortez says that he received words that some 20,000 illegal migrants could potentially surge into Hidalgo County in the coming days. His county is located at the very southern tip of Texas. He noted when it comes to illegal immigration, his county has no authority, but the federal government is the sole authority in the United States that has the capacity to handle illegal immigration. Although Texas Governor Greg Abbott has taken steps to deal with border security in the recent days and months. Other counties along the border have also called on the Biden administration to take emergency action in response to the impending disaster. Federal officials have fought in court to keep Title 42 in place, but it was ordered by the courts to be lifted uh, at midnight, I don't understand, uh, and don't understand the full reasoning. But it seems imminently uh, insane to me, Judge uh, Glenn, that a federal district court judge can issue an order creating a an absolute end to a provision of Title Forty Two that, in turn, sets a national security disaster into motion. Yeah. Why should a federal district court judge have that authority on any basis, right? Mm-hmm. Why why could the why could the why could the government not argue that uh, judge that this provision of Title Forty Two may be correct or or not, but we can't uh, sunset this provision until we have something to take its place. 
or we've got a national security crisis. Right. We we literally do right. have you've a had, national security crisis. You've had two years to figure this out. Yes. And now you're, you know, last minute, uh, he's doing everything he can do. No. Everything was great when we had Trump as president. Yeah. We Did you feel safe when Trump was president? Sure. Did you feel like we were going to get in a war with China like the Democrats kept pushing? I mean, Glenn, it is hard to even think about how much better things were yeah. when Trump was president. When you compare the present, you know, the status quo today. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. What just, it's like it's almost like you are, are waking up from some kind of fog bad dream a yeah. bad dream yeah. you know you're like wait a minute what just happened here um so yeah it's it's really unbelievable it's hard to imagine that that uh you know that things could have gotten uh, this bad in um in in just two years but it but it does uh it has and imagine two more years oh my gosh I, yeah I, I can't even and I'm, and imagine if a Democrat takes the White House, imagine six more years. Is there going to be anything left of our country by then? I really do believe that this election, people say, what do you, what, what motivates, uh, what should motivate people to get out, to get involved, to uh, support uh, conservative candidates, support people who stand up for the rule of law, limited government, uh, more freedom, uh, the return to the values that have made this country great. What motivates you to give of your time to get out and support candidates who will do that? Because, quite frankly, uh, Glenn, w- this isn't this moment is an existential threat to the country. Absolutely, I, I believe if we don't get the next election right, we may not be here much longer. Can you imagine owning a home down on one of those border towns? Yeah, yeah. look at the you can. You can buy some really nice properties yeah, can, down there for really cheap right now. You can get a nice ranch really right nice. on the border yeah. for uh, a lot of. There are a lot of guys down there, gals, uh, ranchers moving. that are moving out yeah. because it's so crazy. And you know, it's not just the guys on the border, uh, Glenn. This from uh, theblaze.com. Chicago residents are furious yeah. that their city is planning on housing migrants in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they're demanding that politicians relocate these illegal immigrants somewhere else. Angry residents <laughs> have lifted, have filed, excuse me, a lawsuit in an attempt to stop the city of Chicago from housing migrants at a shuttered high school in the area. So this is not just border town, even though it's absolutely awful at the border. This is affecting cities across oh, yeah. the country. Yeah, well, they sent they sent another busload to uh, Kamala's home. Yes, um, dropped him off at the naval now, Zo- at the vice presidency wasn't, residency. Wasn't Chicago one of the sanctuaries? Uh, Chicago is one of the sanctuary cities. Sanctuary, I thank you, yeah. cities. Yeah, and and now they're complaining. And, yeah, and, and I believe that the um, uh, maybe it was Chicago. Somebody's asking the government for some help now, money, you know, financial help. It might have been New York. Well, you know, it reminds me of when DeSantis sent the uh, immigrants up to Martha's Vineyard. That, yeah. That didn't work out well, and so well. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I, I thought, thought it was a great know, move. It, it, it was, was a great move, move because, you know, if you if you ignore the problem and you don't go to the problem, well, maybe bringing the problem to you would open your eyes and you'd see what a problem we have. Uh, I mean, these, yeah. are, these are human beings trying to get to a better life, and we have invited them to enter our country illegally. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And I don't know if you caught it when there was a story on 60 Minutes, I believe it was last week. They had a sting operation. The Department of Labor uh, issued uh, a, a subpoena, did a 
investigation um, because they discovered that dozens of meat meat packing facilities across the country were being cleaned overnight on the overnight shift by workers that were as young as 13 and 14. Wow. And so, and the reason they discovered this is these kids were showing up in schools with acid burns where they had been, their hands had been burned by the cleaning chemicals that they were using in the, you know, in the job overnight. And also they were sleeping through the school day. Yeah, of course they were, they were. Yeah, they were working all night. And, and so they started the investigation and they've got literally dozens and dozens, hundreds of kids that have been pressed into child, illegal child labor. Mm-hmm. What they realize, Glenn, is a lot of these families are illegal immigrants. You know, and, and the reality is, if you want to get around E-Verify, you can get around E-Verify. Yeah. It's, it's easy enough to fake that paperwork. And so all the things that we supposedly have in place to protect the workplace and pr- to protect us from illegal immigrants coming in and taking these jobs, they really aren't effective. Right. And all of these people coming across the border having grave consequences not only for us but for themselves yeah yeah and they're and 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 these children i mean 13 14 year old children working in cleaning meat packing plants overnight and and getting up in the morning and having to go to school to come home in the afternoon and to do to go to the meat packing plant at 11 p.m again every night and work until uh four o'clock in the morning yeah and then get up and go who in their right mind would have ever thought that would be happening in the United States of America in 2023? Right, and the human trafficking that's happening because of our open borders. Yes. Um, there is human trafficking going on uh, big time on our southern border. It's much worse now than yes. it has been in decades, yes. Glenn, and it's all because of these this influx of people who have come across the border who have no legal standing, yeah. So they really have no rights, and so they're at the they're at the they're at the complete uh, they're they're the, they're the complete victims mm-hmm. in all of this. And yes, I know they're acting illegally, but when they get here, they are completely at the mercy of these coyotes and these people who engage in the trafficking. But you know, as we said, this is not just a border problem. These folks uh, in Chicago have filed suit. That's a nation problem. Yeah, it's a nationwide problem because. Whether these immigrants are being bussed across the country or they're just making their way into right. the country as the gotaways. You know, right. we don't have a clue how many actually are the gotaway number. Yeah, we may find out because we live in a beach town. And if I was an illegal immigrant sneaking into the country, yeah. I would want to live at the beach. I'd want to get just to the saying, beach. if I'm going to work somewhere. But it does. It, it has an impact across the board for all of these communities. Yeah, and in 2020, when Trump was in office... Um, or when Biden took over office, let's say that, uh, we were at our lowest number in history of border crossings yeah. under under Trump. And we were building the wall. We On a big, beautiful our, wall. Protecting our, yeah, big, beautiful wall. With a big, beautiful door. Yeah. What's, what's so hard to figure out about it, that? It's really, yeah, I don't know. So it's a mess, folks, and we have a literal disaster unfolding on our southern border, and yet... Um, you know, it's it's up to a judge to say Title 42 must go. A little bit more to say about that. Also, want to get to the uh, the uh, global warming narrative, which yeah. I wanted to chat about this morning. Folks, uh, stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee 
I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Full hours on Talk 94.5. Ready? Finger, we have the finger. One, like a, like a, like a two, shake it like a, like a one, two. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. A lot uh, more to get to here on this morning. One last thing I wanted to say, Glenn, about the uh, border crisis, which is truly phenomenal. I mean, it is an existential threat to the country. Think about this, Glenn. What do you need to have a country? You need a border, Mm -hmm. you need a language, and you need a culture. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a border, you're not a country, right? I mean, if we can't secure... Uh, this southern border, uh, we don't have a country. And I think that's what Trump has been saying. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. without a without a border, we are not a country. A country without a border is just a place. And it's weird that we would have never thought, say, just 10 years ago, that this would ever be done deliberately. We would have never thought that our country, it's, it's, it's tyranny. It is tyranny. It is absolute tyranny. And, you know, when I, when I heard Trump say, I want a big, beautiful wall, with a big, beautiful door. I mean, I'm like, absolutely, yes. We, we, <laughs> why is that so hard to understand? Glenn, what is it that liberal, I know what, they, that liberals, it's, it, whether you buy the full Monty, the replacement theory mm-hmm. or not, I mean, I think, I think Democrats have believed now for decades that by flooding the system with economic hardship, uh, people who are uh, the poor, mm-hmm. Uh, if they could flood enough of those people into the system, that they would create a reliable class of they can vote. Yeah. Democratic voters that would push the needle just far enough in their direction that they would always uh, that they would always prevail, and that Republicans would never be elected again. And I think there are a lot of Repub- I mean, there are a lot of Democrats who believe that. That I think that has been the strategy. That's been the underlying strategy. By the way, the federal judge that we were talking about said, "By the way, all of this is the Biden uh, administration's fault." Yeah. Um, a federal judge that was uh, in Texas said that uh, for two years, the Biden administration has released migrants through their alternatives to detention program program mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without giving them a court date. Right. Uh, Glenn, so it's it's catch and release mm-hmm. and uh, migrants without a court date are tracked and required to check in using a smartphone 
application. We give them a cell phone, yeah, by we the do. way. Yeah, we do. In case you come without your the latest iPhone yeah, probably, 20. Probably no bill attached to that. Oh, either, no. You know? Of course not. Why would they? Um, where would they, you send the bill? And and what are they doing to, to vet when they're going to catch and release? Are they just looking for, like, gang tattoos or... Because you know gang members are coming across the southern border. Oh, yeah. We've got some very dangerous people. And they're not just from South America. We have some very dangerous people coming across the southern border. And hmm, um, protect yourselves. Yeah. The program was designed to prevent migrants from disappearing into the shadows while they await their court dates. Which they haven't been assigned a court date. So I'm confused, Glenn. We don't want you to disappear while... You wait for your court date. So we're going to give you a cell phone, and we're not going to assign you a court date. Yeah. That <laughs> only only in America, folks. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Uh, Judge T. Kent Wetherill ordered the Biden administration to uh, to stand down, uh, issued a, a restraining order against the catch and release. Uh, his ruling came after a Ron DeSantis administration's uh, lawyers filed a lawsuit asking for the temporary restraining order. Uh, Weatherill explained in the order that uh, that the Biden administration recently acknowledged in its filings that the border has been in chaos for a number of years. <laughs> I, I wonder how many years that is. Uh, two? Let's, let's pick a number. a number. Yeah, let's pick a number, a number, any number. Yeah. Two. The, an- the, num- the answer is two. Defendants' uh, rhetoric rings hollow because, as explained in detail in Florida, the problem is is largely one of the defendants, that being the Biden administration and Customs and Border Patrol, on making through the adoption and implementation of policies that have encouraged uh, what they refer to in the pleadings as irregular immigration, Uh, excuse me, irregular migration, which has become fairly regular over the last two years. So illegal immigration has become the law of the land. Basically, what the judge is saying is that we have no immigration laws in the in the country right now, and that over the last two years, under the guidance, leadership, if that's what you want to call it, mm-hmm. of the Biden administration, that legal, at illegal, excuse me, illegal immigration has become normalized, and it is what's normal today. It's insane, folks. It's absolutely insane. It's it's uh, this Biden administration hard at work. For you. Hey, yeah. Reese. Yeah. If just let's say that 500,000 Chinese were coming and trying to cross our southern border or a million Chinese, there's no nobody else, just Chinese. Yeah. Is that an invasion? Absolutely. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. So so why isn't this considered an invasion? Uh, I, I know that some of the governors are now stepping up to protect their own states. Uh you know, the governor of Texas has been doing the best he can. My, my, well, he mobilized the state guard. Yeah. My thought is when, when Biden took over, we were building a wall. The, the necessary uh, materials needed to finish that wall were sitting on the ground and bought and paid for. Yeah. And we just, and he just stopped. He ordered construction One, to stop. 100% intentional. And why people want, to, why there are people that want to destroy our country and make living in our country some third world nation, I don't understand. I I think we've had it pretty good. And I, I don't know the mindset of somebody that wants to destroy the country. It just doesn't make sense. It, it, but it, we do have a public health, mental health problem in this country as well. 
No, we've got, there's no doubt, Glenn, that we have lots of problems. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of the things you hear people talk about, well, I don't know how much longer I can stomach what's happening in this country. Right. Well, where are you going to go? Yeah, there's, I mean. Where are you going to go? Yeah. Are you going to fix this country, or, or is there a better place where freedom and liberty have a better chance than they do here in the States? And I don't know where that place would be. Uh, I haven't found it. I haven't mm-hmm. really been hard at work looking for it, but I don't think it's out there. Um, but, yeah, we're still the last best hope uh, for freedom on this planet, in my opinion. And we still have great potential. And I still believe that our our best days are in front of us. But, goodness gracious, we've got a lot of work to do. And the fentanyl should become a national public health crisis. And they should be doing everything possible to keep fentanyl out of our country. Yet we're doing nothing. You know, if I could do something myself about the flow of fentanyl i would make it my mission sure but for some reason well you know the reason i'm not in power but for some reason the people in power are just ignoring the fact that i don't know what the count is now but it used to be 300 people a day were dying from fentanyl overdoses yeah uh more people dying from that than really any other any other thing and i said it a long time ago if there was a plane crash every day that killed 300 people a day the government would do something about the airplanes I don't know why we're ignoring this. Yeah. That's how we look at on time. We need to take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break. Take a break, folks. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. talk Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, and we're talking to Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, it seems like a lot of folks are concerned about rising interest rates. It seems to be a challenging time in the real estate market. What would your advice be to folks who maybe want to get in the market, but they're concerned? Well, great question, Reese. The market has definitely shifted. Everybody knows that. And let's face it, the past two years, you could list your home at any price, in any condition, with any agent, and it's going to sell in an hour and a half with three offers above asking, right? Well, it's not like that anymore. I've been through multiple real estate ups and downs. The biggest one in 08, 09, and 10. I think the public, the sellers that are looking to sell their home, they need experience right now more than ever to navigate through this challenging market we're in and into the future. Folks, that's great advice from Greg Sisson. Reach them online at gregsisson.com or schedule an appointment at 843-251-2693. gregsisson.com, your choice for real estate experts here on the Grand Strand. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoid Radio Hour, 7.52 on your Saturday morning. Boy, Saturday morning flies by when you're discussing the regrettable chaos at the border, folks, all the craziness that the Biden administration has unleashed. You know, Glenn, you really have to wonder, is it is it negligent or is it intentional? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I, I wish. Sorry, you caught me in the middle of uh, getting jacked up on some more caffeine. No. So what are? Yeah, it is no, intentional. Hundred percent intentional. I, I agree. Our czar, our our wonderful Kamala, has never been to the border, and she is in charge of the border. She's been trying to get to the root causes. Yes, and right? now she's going to be in charge of artificial intelligence. Yes. Now I understand why she got that because she is showing artificial intelligence. She is a walking demonstration yes. of artificial yes. intelligence. Um, by the way, I've been uh, been playing around with chat, but uh, chat GPT yeah. this week. It's yeah. pretty scary yeah. stuff, uh, Glenn. Pretty scary. By the way, anybody checking in on the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line? Any? Uh, actually, James from Myrtle Beach. Good morning, James. Uh, chaos and the end of America is the aim of tyranny. Totalitarian. I just said this. Totalitarian. Word. Thank you. Total. I just said this. You word. You just said that word. A few and I had. Ago. Yeah, and I had difficulty. <laughs> I got my brain got stuck. But uh, actually. You know, he he says that Trump is a comedian. Obviously, he enjoyed the. Uh, uh, he agrees that warp speed was a mistake, but wishing Trump would become a different, um, or a different is another Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, Leroy not Brown, he he checked in this morning with us, and um, that's about it. Good. I mean, there's uh, Albert. I I don't know why he has stated that um, we're never Trumpers. You and I. Yeah, are, are we're, we? we're not. By the way, Glenn, when we when I repeat things, you know, when I say I, I try to get a sense of where everybody's opinion is. Yeah. Um, and when I say things like I hear people say things like I wish this about Trump or I wish that about Trump. And I did say I do. I do wish he would take a different tack on the, the vax. I mean, I think that's yeah. a yeah. that would be a, a better line to take. But that's just my you know, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but when I repeat things, doesn't mean I agree with. I certainly don't agree with everything I hear or everything that I repeat uh, on this microphone. But one of the things I, I do take note of is how these different opinions are moving. And listen, I think I think the the whole Trump town hall was a, a huge uh, updraft. Yeah. Uh, for the former president, yeah. I think he's doing great. And and listen, I think his performance was outstanding. By the way. Uh, this from the Epic Times, former President Trump on May 11 dismissed criticism over his appearance on the CNN town hall. I didn't hear much criticism except for a few <laughs> a few deranged, speaking of Trump derangement syndrome, yeah. a, a few people on the left uh, suffering from TDS. People yeah. are criticizing CNN for giving me a forum to tell the truth. I believe it was a very smart thing to do what they did with sky high ratings that they haven't seen in a very long time. <laughs> That's true. You know, it was funny. Everybody has been migrating away from Fox at the 8 p.m. hour. Mm-hmm. And apparently everybody that would have been watching Fox on an otherwise good night for Fox because mm-hmm. of Tucker, Tucker Carlson right. tuned in that night to watch Trump on the CNN town hall. They had about, uh, I believe, about 3 million viewers. And he said uh, it was by far the biggest show of the night, the week, and the month Trump wrote on his Truth social account on Thursday, so he had a big. They had a. Um, oh, you heard his CNN's town hall with Trump drew more than three million viewers Wednesday night, far more than the cable network normally draws on a weeknight. That figure included some seven hundred and three hundred thousand voters 
in the 25 to 54 age group, according to Nielsen data. Trump's town hall held at St. Anselm College in New Hampshire marked the former, for, former president's first appearance on CNN since uh, 2016. The radical left screamed, take it down, take it down during the show because they saw that I was making so many important points on the border, hmm. energy independence, drill, baby, drill. Drill, baby, drill. That was great. Drill, yeah. baby, drill. Yeah. Uh, energy independence and the Afghanistan catastrophe, yeah. inflation, the economy, Russia, Ukraine, and so much more. Trump added in a separate post, which, by the way, Glenn, while we're, while we're talking about, I thought Trump's answer on Ukraine was brilliant. And again, this is not criticism. The one thing when she said, well, do you want, who do you want to win, Russia or Ukraine? And Trump said, I'm tired of people dying. You know, I'm tired of, of our billions and billions of dollars and military hardware going into that fight for what end and, and no question resulting in hundreds of thousands of deaths. Right. You know? And so, what what about that was hard to understand? The one thing that I, the question that was hanging on the tip of my tongue when I was watching it is, what is what does victory for Ukraine even look like? Is that Ukraine marching into Red Square and and Putin running up the white flag? But I thought his answer was perfect, brilliant. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not concerned about Ukraine winning or Russia winning, but it's like another example of how she was trying to entrap him. Who yeah. do you want to win? Tell us you want Russia to win. I just want the war to end. No, I want the war to win. I want people to stop dying. Yeah. So I thought it was a, a, a brilliant uh, performance by Trump at the town hall. And uh, a huge shot in the arm to his uh, ambitions for taking the White House back. So, folks, a lot more to talk about in the second hour. Stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. Broadcasting from the Tide Law Studios, this is Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Let me tell you about one of our favorite sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Of course, we're talking about Conway Ford at Saturday Morning Coffee. We love all our sponsors, but we especially love Conway Ford. Conway Ford is your hometown dealer, winner of the Ford President's Award. You don't get that for nothing, folks. At Conway Ford, you'll always find friendly faces, great selection, excellent customer service, and the best buying experience in the area. The Conway Ford buying experience is better than their competitors. They guarantee it. It's worth the short drive to Conway. They're so excited to finally have a lot full of inventory. All the Broncos, Bronco Sports, you could 
possibly uh, want to check out, go check them out at Conway Ford. They've got more than any other dealer in the area. They've also got Escapes, Edges, Mustangs, Explorers, Expeditions, F-150s. So come check it out for yourself. And on certain models, 0% financing is currently available. And I think they've got some um, military appreciation specials going on as well. So don't delay. Go check it out at Conway Ford. They've got the best car buying experience around. They guarantee it. Church Street over in Conway. And tell them the fine folks at Saturday Morning Coffee sent you. It's Conway Ford, your hometown dealer, your best buying experience. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Um, what time is it, Glenn? Lost my clock. <laughs> it's 8.07. 8.07. 8.09 now. It's 8.09, 8.09 yeah, on your yeah. Saturday morning. Hey, you said something yeah. about uh, Tim, check, Tim, the car detail guy, checking in on the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line. What's uh, uh, Had some good ideas, I thought. I, You know, I... Give me one second here. I had to pull this up. Hey, Tim, you're a smart guy. He's a smart and, guy. Yeah, and actually, I could add to the southern border this, but Trump should make a huge announcement calling on Biden to assign him a special peacemaking negotiator. If Biden doesn't do that, then that tells a lot to the American people, don't you think? Uh, so, yes. Or, or a lot maybe, that they already know. But Biden, it, it uh, would Trump, confirm. Trump should say, let's take Kamala away from the southern border and let me handle the southern border. <laughs> because I've done it before, and I'm really good at it. Um, and, of course, they would not ever let that happen. They're not going to go uh, yeah. to Trump for any answers whatsoever. And that would just show the American people that this is all intentional to destroy our country, that they not even letting the man that did it before help us. Yeah, it, it's really uh, the odds of that ever happening, Glenn, would be somewhere less than point zero 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 one percent But nonetheless, it's a great idea, Tim. You make a great point. And frankly, you know, uh, why not make Trump the border czar in the interim? Because who could possibly um, do any worse than what Mayorkas has done? But as you said, Glenn, it's, it's a sham. Because what's happened at the border, I fully believe, uh, is intentional. And, and it's not an accident uh, that we're in the midst of a, a, a literally an existential crisis uh, at the border. Folks, at this point in the program, we were supposed to be joined by Guy Mitchell, who is the author of Global Warming, The Great Deception. But um, I believe, Mr. Mitchell, we, I got a word from his publicist yesterday that the publicist was not able to reach uh, Mr. Mitchell. So I'm not sure if Mr. Mitchell is going to be dialing in or not. Uh, Glenn? Well, if your name is Mr. Mitchell, you can call and Now's replace. a good time to call. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
While we are waiting, Glenn, I want to give a quick shout out uh, to Nathan Ellis. Nathan Ellis is a firefighter uh, with the City of Myrtle Beach Fire Department, and he was recently awarded uh, the Valor Commendation at wow. the Myrtle Beach City Council um, by putting himself in grave danger uh, to save the lives of others while off duty, not mm-hmm. on duty, but while off duty on April the 8th. Uh, Ellis saved three women from a burning home off Browns Ferry Road in Georgetown County. Uh, he received the award uh, at a meeting of the Myrtle Beach City Council, but he was an off-duty Myrtle Beach City uh, firefighter who just happened to be uh, passing by and and was in the right place at the right time. And uh, he said, I really just feel honored and unworthy. He said, I really just want to give the glory to God for putting me in the right place at the right time. Ellis was visiting his wife's grandparents uh, off Brown, Browns Ferry Road on April 8th. They were getting ready to eat lunch when he noticed uh, the nearby home uh, burning. So hats off and uh, kudos, big shout out yeah. to Myrtle Beach uh, City Fire Department firefighter Nathan Ellis uh, for saving those women and also being recognized for it at Myrtle Beach uh, City yeah, Council. That's, so, that's really, I mean, he he put it in the right perspective. God had him in the right spot. In the right, the right place. Spot. We love right, our first responders. Right you know yeah. who you haven't had on in a while is Chief Hill. Yeah, we need to get Chief Hill on. Yeah, he's a, that is a great guy right there. I drink a little coffee with Chief Hill yeah. and chat about what's going on in the county. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen um, more uh, county... Uh, police out lately on patrol. I didn't know if there's some particular um, initiative that they're doing, but I've seen, I've noticed more county officers out patrolling the South End lately. Um, but yeah, I want to thank Tim, the car detail guy, for chiming in with those great comments and everybody else checking in on the PCRX uh, Mobile Outfitters text line. By the way, Glenn, in the mailbag, we've got uh, a piece of mail from Millie, listener down in Pauly's Island. She said, uh, recently started listening, been enjoying listening to Saturday morning coffee. Wondered if you are related to the legendary broadcaster from Charlotte, Ty Boyd. You ever heard of Ty Boyd, Glenn? I have not. No. He is the legendary broadcaster. He's from legendary. Though. He's legendary. Yeah. I, to the best of my knowledge, Millie, I have no idea. I could be related. I do not know. Most of uh, most of my family comes from uh, sections in Virginia, and also, but we go way, way back here in the uh, upper reaches of Ory County. So we uh, we are longtime Ory County family. But, no, I don't know. It would be interesting to, to – I'll look that up. So you going to do is. a 22 and me or something? 23 20, and me? <laughs> uh, have you done that? Absolutely not. Yeah, do, I do I not recommend – No, I am public, not giving my DNA to anybody. Public service announcement, folks. If you will Google this, I, they were actually talking about that on the radio uh, on a, one of the um, other stations this week I was listening. 23 and me will give you a report, but the only thing it tells you is sort of what regions of the world your DNA mm-hmm. – you know, comes from, but the problem with doing the 23andMe folks is you put your DNA footprint, you put your DNA sequence into a database, and that information becomes discoverable. Mm-hmm. And if you will, I mean, I'm not suggesting that you know getting away with criminal conduct is a good thing, but I don't think that information needs to be out there. I no. don't. I don't want that information about that intimate personal information about me in anybody else's hands. But a lot of people have found, like, their mothers and fathers, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. um, By that. And, I mean, nobody's shown up on my doorstep saying, hey, I'm your daughter or I'm your son (laughs) from, you know, that day at the racetrack. Whatever, you know what I mean. Um, And and then the other fact of the matter is, is it not a Chinese-owned company? 
23andMe? I've been told that their data is ported around the world to different yeah. servers, and yes, some of that data is housed yeah. in China. And China, frankly, Glenda, plenty of people, if you if you look at there are plenty of stories about this, people being convicted of crimes mm-hmm. because of DNA information that was taken the, from the 23andMe database. Yeah, so you, you committed a crime years ago. Yeah. You left some of your DNA behind. Yeah. We didn't have the technology to process your DNA at that time. And then they now, go back and sequence it. Yeah, it's it. a little cold case. We're going to go back case. and check it out. And then, yeah. oh my gosh, it matches this dumb, <laughs> this guy from 23andMe. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so you got away with it. Yeah, it's uh, pretty amazing that it happens. And I'm, and I'm glad to see criminals convicted. But just yeah. as a matter of course, folks, a little public safety announcement here from Saturday Morning Coffee. I do not recommend uh, 23andMe. It's. Not something that I would do. No, and, I wouldn't uh, send my DNA through the mail. Now, the the colon check thing where you, you know, send that through the mail, mm-hmm. um, I, I know your DNA is involved in that as well, but they're checking for cancer. Yeah, they're checking for cancer. You know, so I don't know that they're really using your DNA. Um, kind of a messy situation there anyway. Glenn, so let me just say this. We were going to talk to uh, Guy Mitchell about global warming. I wanted to share this with you all from the Epoch Times. Experts issue new climate forecast. But past forecast hurt credibility. Of course, Guy Mitchell is the author of uh, Global Warming, The Great Deception. You guys can find that on Amazon. Decades of climate predictions that have not come true have hurt climate scientists' messages. And, of course, uh, we all know the story. Uh, thousands, of uh, hundreds of predictions have been made over the years. Humanity only has a few years to act, this from the Epoch Times recently, before the world may irreversibly plunge into an environmental catastrophe of of global proportion. Climate experts warned in a recent report their calls are muffled, however, by dozens of past dramatic predictions that have failed to come true. Environmental experts have been predicting upcoming doom for many decades, but most, if not all, of those prognostications involve climatic cataclysm that appears to be just around the corner, only to fizzle as the deadline approaches. As the failed predictions pile up, climate experts appear to be more cautious in making their predictions too specific. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just generalize. Let's just let's yeah. just talk generally about yeah. climate change. Because remember, I think Glenn, we, we, you know, we're old enough to remember there was the coming ice age. Then it was global warming. Uh-huh. Now they just talk about climate change. Yeah. Aren't you aware of climate change? Um, climate change. The general consensus among climate change proponents now is that extreme weather events, such as droughts and storms, will become more prevalent or more intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recently released short-form report from the Intergovernment, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change warns that unless carbon emissions are cut drastically and promptly, the planet will warm roughly an additional 1.1 to 2.4 degrees by 2100 that would lead to quote high or very high risk of wildfire damage permafrost degradation biodiversity loss dry land water scarcity and tree mortality oh my gosh tree (laughs) mortality tree mortality i mean that's the general consensus though correct yeah that's the general consensus okay I what, hope what I hope you guys have figured out what a what a scam. Yeah, let, let's dig a little deeper into the word consensus. Yeah, what does that mean? I, yeah, consensus among whom? Well, but it's also, uh, I think it means opinion. 
Okay, so the general consensus, the general opinions of these so-called scientists agree that we have a problem with global warming. Yeah. But let's look at the facts. I don't care about your consensus. I want to know what the facts are. Yeah. Your opinion is not debatable with fact, just like other things we're dealing with in this country. That facts are facts. They are the truth. They are facts. Your consensus, your opinion, and the other stuff that comes with it is not fact. Yeah. It is your opinion. The problem, Glenn, is they plug all of this information into a model, and they create mm-hmm. findings based on the assumptions in that model, and they report those models as predictions. By the way, just as a... Who is the model? Yeah. Heidi Klum? A curious... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Computer model. April, <laughs> ni- April 1970, scientists predict a new ice age by the 21st century. The Boston Globe reported saying that pollution expert James Lodge predicted that air pollution may obliterate the sun and cause a new ice age in the first third of the next century. You heard about that lately, Glenn? Heard about the ice age coming in the first third of this century? We're about a quarter of the way through the century. They better get on the stick. Yeah. Um, Vermont's maple syrup production hit a record high of 2.55 million gallons in 2022, up 46% over the previous year, even though previous warnings from climate change advocates said that the industry could be destroyed by 2021. So not destroyed, up 46%. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, July 1971, the world could be as little as 50 or 60 years away from a disastrous new ice age. That uh, reported by none other than, than NASA. That was in 1971? Yeah. Ice age. Yeah, ice age. Ice age. And, of course, really? nobody can forget in January 2006 that – None other than the uh, esteemed Vice President Al Gore said, unless drastic measures to reduce greenhouse gases are taken within the next 10 years. So remember, he said this in 2006. He must be a descendant of Nostradamus. Everybody remembers the inconvenient truth. Uh, Unless drastic measures are taken within the next 10 years to reduce greenhouse gases, the world will reach a point of no return. Uh, mm. The Associated Rep- Press reported that uh, prognostication, paraphrasing Al Gore, a mm. prominent global warming advocate. When's the last time you heard anything from Al Gore? He's, he's- Who cares? You know, we are so lucky that Al Gore never became our president. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, I, at the time, we might not have seen it. Yeah. We, you know, oh, man, those punches in Florida, those little hang, what do they call those, the hang tags? The- hanging chads? Hanging chads, yes. The hanging chads in Florida. Um. We are lucky as a country that we never elected that guy. Probably. We are we are very lucky. so lucky, but that's so, hindsight, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. So I got a I got a little quote from uh, uh, Senator John uh, Kennedy. I want to share with you from Louisiana. Great interview uh, or a great uh, query to some Energy Department representatives on Capitol Hill. We'll get to that after the break with more Saturday morning coffee coming right up. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 826 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the big show. I'm sorry that uh, you guys didn't get to hear from uh, Guy Mitchell. He's an interesting guy. Somehow we had a little failure to uh, confirm within the last 24 hours, as we always do. His publicist reached out to me yesterday and said he couldn't get in touch with Mm. his uh, client, his author. So we didn't get to hear from uh, Guy on the subject of his book, Global Warming, uh, The Great Deception. But I'm glad that the the veil is finally coming off the whole global warming debate. I hope it is, Uh, Glenn. One of the things that I caught last couple of weeks, I hope you guys heard this. You know, recently we had the event in Charleston. We had an opportunity to meet. I had the opportunity to meet Senator John Kennedy. Uh, We had that uh, Palmetto Family event down in Charleston. Senator Kennedy was there. Great speaker. He was recently on Capitol Hill interviewing Deputy Secretary of uh, the uh, from the Energy Department uh, regarding the administration proposal to spend fifty trillion dollars, uh, Glenn, to achieve carbon neutrality here in the U.S. Uh, fifty trillion dollars. You know how much money fifty trillion dollars. That's, yes. uh, that's more than the Obama sent to other countries. I mean, these are the people, folks, who want to take away your gasoline-powered car. They want to take away your gas stove. Um, they want you to stop eating beef all in the name of achieving carbon neutrality, which they think is an existential threat uh, to the existence of the United States. Just check out this little interview from uh, Senator Kennedy. Maybe I'm not being clear. If we spent $50 trillion to become carbon neutral by 2050 in the United States of America, how how much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, is it going to reduce so world we're temperatures? So we're 13% of global emissions. You don't know, do you? You don't, you don't know. know. Do you? you can do the math. We need. To you reduce. don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13% of if global If you know, why won't you we, tell me? If we went to zero, that would be 13%. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend $50 trillion, and you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the deputy secretary of the Department of Energy, and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't, and this isn't your money and my money, it's taxpayer money. And you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? Or you won't tell me? You know, but you won't? In my heart of hearts, there is no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Tell me how much it's going to reduce. You you can't tell me. Either that or you won't. In, In my heart of hearts, I know there's no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Oh, wait. See, Glenn, like we were talking about, it's not facts. No. In my heart of what kind of what kind of gobbledygook is that? I, I don't care about his opinion. I want and, facts. And, and by the way, yeah, I don't care about his heart of hearts. No, I, I care about. I don't his even dad. know his heart yeah, of I don't hearts. Could care less about his heart of hearts. And by the way, if we leads, what that means is China and Iran and Russia and other nations will just continue to spew coal-fired ash into the atmosphere at the same rates they've always been, and we will be poorer while they will continue to be productive and and healthy. Yeah, bless that guy's heart. Bless his little heart. Bless his little heart. So anyway, folks, wanted to share that with you. I'm, I'm, again, I'm sorry we didn't get to hear from Guy Mitchell, but uh, I'm just glad that I, I hope that people see the global warming scam uh, for what it is. But uh, right now, let's talk about something a little closer to home. We are joined here in the studio by Wayne Gray. Wayne is chairman of the Ride 4 Committee, which has been making recommendations for spending 
the one penny sales tax on local ride road infrastructure improvements. So, Wayne, uh, you're kind enough to come on the show and give us a report on the uh, the work of the committee, which has just been completed. So welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. Good morning. Thank you. Glad to be here. So for folks who don't know what the ride committee is, maybe we've had a few people move to town recently who haven't heard the ride story. What is ride? Well, ride is an acronym that stands for road improvement development effort. It really originated in 1996 with a report on dealing with road infrastructure needs that led to the implementation of a one and a half percent hospitality fee that over a 22 year period built $1.2 billion worth of roads with state matching grants from the state infrastructure bank board. And that included road projects like uh, Highway 22, the widening of 544, uh, parts of the Carolina-based parkway, or what we know as Highway 31. Then in 2004, the Ride 2 committee formed. And what came from that as, okay, where do we go from now, was using the capital project sales tax, which is a state statute that allows county uh, governments to uh, allow a referendum to build capital projects. What our county, Horry County, has chosen to use that capital project sales tax for is road fun, uh, road building and improvement. So we've had a ride too. That was from 2006 to 2014. We are just finishing the sixth year of ride three, which are which is from 2000 and uh, you know it was voted on by the reg- by the voters in 2016. The tax begins May one. So from 2017 to 2025 will be uh, uh, that eight-year period of Ride 3. And what the county has done since September of last year is you served as a member. I served as the chair. We had an 18-member committee that was looking at recommending the next round of road projects that would be uh, funded by a seven-year period that would start May 1, 2025, and the current tax would expire April 30. 2025. So there's not, it's not a new tax. It's just a continuation of the existing 1% sales tax, yeah. which is voted on by the citizens uh, in a referendum. Yeah. And, and the state law then requires, um, uh, rightfully so, when we're talking about spending money, we should know what we're spending it on and we should know what the results uh, of where we spend that money. So the, the, the next phase will be a sales tax commission will be appointed. They will pick up our body of work uh, and eventually, uh, about this time next year, make a recommendation to county council of a referendum question, the road projects in their priority, and their cost estimate based on the revenue estimate for that seven-year window that would begin May 1, 2025. County council um, can only vote that up or down. They cannot amend mm-hmm. it or change it. The idea there is to remove the politics out of it. Um, and so that will be the next phase. But Tuesday night, I will be representing the committee, the sales tax advisory committee, making, uh, displaying our recommendations to county council uh, based on the current revenue estimate that we have. Yeah. And so if all goes according to plan and those recommendations are accepted, when will they be on the referendum? When will people have an opportunity to vote on those recommendations? It'll be November of 2024. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and there will be a period of time from the fall of this year to the spring of next year where that sales tax commission will hold public meetings and public hearings scattered around the county. I'm sure they'll have some schematics and maps, uh, obviously listing. These are the road projects that are being recommended. And um, this this document has already been made public. It was mm-hmm. provided to the media after we voted on it on April the 20th. Um, and it's 12 projects, including the paving 100 miles of dirt roads, uh, repaving 100 miles of existing roads. Uh, there's 
two segments of Highway 90 uh, that are on this, the widening of River Oaks Drive. There's some improvements in North Myrtle Beach, uh, widening uh, Highway 17 business in Windy Hill. There's a, a correcting and building an acceleration lane where 301, uh, excuse me, where 319 and 501 intersect there just on the uh, northern side of the town limits of Ainer. Ainer, yeah. Uh, big block road widening. Um, another project that we see is very important is if you're coming over International Drive, uh, coming from International Drive on the Grissom Parkway, turning north on Bypass 17, that, that's a left-hand turn, and that stacking lane is very inadequate, so we would build a, an appropriate cloverleaf there. Those are the projects. And by the way, Reese, I will say that when I was on your show, show earlier this year, you know, we used a scoring methodology based on road projects that we collected from the Metropolitan Transportation Plan. And that's yeah. a, a listing of road projects that's managed by GSATS, which mm-hmm. is the Grand Strand Area Transportation Study. So these road projects weren't just selected um, from nowhere. They were selected because they had been recommended in the past by local governments or these where we need road improvements. We apply a methodology as to – and these pro- these these actual construction projects – are the ones that receive the highest score. So at the yeah. end of the day, we wanted to have some merit on what roads get selected, mm-hmm. but also recognize that you need to invest those projects countywide because you you know you ultimately are placing this on a referendum for the citizens to vote on, and you want them to feel that yeah, this road investment, um, you know, no one gets everything that they want, yeah, but everyone gets something that we want, and we try to do the most amount of good for the most amount of people. And I think that you know I can say from the committee's perspective, I feel like we've worked, we've developed a good working product that will also give the sales tax commission some flexibility because there there'll probably be some increasing revenue estimates mm-hmm. um, as time goes on, sure, and and that will allow uh, maybe some additional projects to get on the recommended list. One of the things I was struck by, Wayne, are the large number, I mean, the needs, the infrastructure needs in the county, it's a long list. I mean, we could spend a billion dollars easy. 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 Yeah. I mean, without even really thinking hard. Yeah. You know, several times in our meetings, we met from September to April mm-hmm. once a month. Um, you know, the county staff pre-COVID had kind of done a a, a very limited assessment of our road infrastructure needs, including projects of what I would call roads of regional significance. And it was uh, upwards to seven or eight billion dollars. Um, and so, um, but let me say that, you know, in ride two and ride three, those sales tax options, that would have, that that, that will total about one and a half billion dollars of road improvements, you know, that certainly has helped given our growth. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll remind uh, our listeners that 60% of this tax is paid for by the tourists right. that visit our area. So yeah. it's great to leverage that. Now, they're benefiting from the road network that comes into the county and leaves oh, sure. the county and traverses the county while they're here. So they should participate in the funding. Uh, but um, I, our, our voters recognize that because the success, we the last time we had a sales tax for road funding in 2016, it received 69% approval by the voters. Yeah. So you'll be presenting this to county council on Tuesday night. On Tuesday night. And uh, if if folks want to get a copy of this slated uh, slate of recommended projects, is, there, is it available? I don't think it's available on the county's website at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that the county will probably start working on because they have a link to Ride 3 yeah. in the county website. I would yeah, imagine I saw that, that once yep. we make our recommendations and that becomes more of a public document, you'll start to see the county then build a Ride 4 link, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when the Sales Tax Commission um, gets formed and they start doing their work. Yep. Because, you know, in the county, I think 
does a, a wonderful job of its transparency and wanting to provide information. And that will be one of the recommendations that I'll make Tuesday night is that they go ahead and start building the infrastructure of that Ride 4 link on the Horry County government website. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, it's good for people to to find that information to to look at it because it is going to be on the ballot and we're going to have to vote it up or down right. and uh, there's a lot obviously that goes into that so and that's coming up in November yes so well Wayne thanks for all you do any any parting thoughts you have as the, as to the process or where we go from here well I you know I want to compliment the 18 members compliment you Reese I thought everybody was diligent in their work they. You know, we're fighting for their area, if you will, uh, um, but recognizing that we've got to look at this in totality as a whole. Um, and I think we've we've created a product that will provide that result. And um, and look, uh, I'll just finally say that as it comes to road construction, without this capital project sales tax, there is no other option. Yeah. And we've benefited greatly over the last two ride programs, and I think we'll benefit greatly from continuing the ride program. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Wayne, for your leadership. You did a great job as chairman. I can say that with confidence, and I appreciate all your hard work, and we look forward to getting this one uh, in the books. Yes, thank you very much, and uh, enjoy listening to your show. Thanks, Wayne. Come back anytime. Yes, sir. Folks, it's Wayne Gray, chairman of the Ori County Ride 4 Committee, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd. We're talking today with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, a lot of folks seem to be nervous about rising interest rates. They've come up substantially this year. What's happening at the moment, and where do you see things headed? Well, you're right, Reese. People are a little nervous, a little skittish because of the rising interest rates. However, right now, there's opportunities for buyers. They've got less competition when they go out shopping right now. Secondly, sellers that need to sell their homes, and there's a lot of them, they're willing to negotiate unlike when rates were low. And lastly, there's creative lending opportunities when you're with the right lender that can help you buy down that rate, get seller credits at closing. There's lots of great opportunity in the market to be a buyer right now. So if we can help you buy or sell in this market, give us a call at 843-251-2693 or go to gregsisson.com and schedule a call. Folks, that's great advice from Greg Sisson. gregsisson.com, your choice for real estate experts here on the Grand Strand. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. I was walking the wayside. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 844 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for hanging with us here on the big show. I want to thank Wayne Gray, chairman of the Ori County Ride 4 Committee, for coming in giving us an update on the committee. You know, that was an interesting process to go through. Glenn, one of the things yeah. it reminded me that we have so many infrastructure needs right here in this county, and the total budget for Ride 4, the total uh, budget for the money to be raised, projected to be raised by that one penny sales tax over the life of Ride Million is about eight-tenths of a billion, about 800, over a little over $800 million. And you think to yourself, 
why can't we have a government that's more focused on the needs of, <laughs> of the, the people, people instead of their party? Yeah, of the yeah. people here in this country, not so worried about Ukraine or other stuff. And I, every time I think about those hundreds, where I think we're at, what, 170? Mm-hmm. 170 billion that we've sent to Ukraine. Every time I think about those 170 billions, why can't we shave off, you know, uh, 50 billion yeah. and do some infrastructure improvements in this country? Yeah, and do you know there's people uh, recently um, that are against the Ride 4 tax or the Ride 3 tax? Yeah. They, and when I heard these people speaking of it, um, I was baffled because, like he just said, the tourists are picking up most of the tab on that. Yeah. Like 60, what do you say, 62%, something like that? I think he said about 60%. Yeah. I've, I've been told that the majority of that tax is paid by the tourists who visit the town. Yeah. And, of course, that, that you want them to contribute in some way because we're building all of these roads primarily to accommodate the, the peak traffic that occurs in the summertime. Right. Or would you rather have no penny tax and then your taxes are just going to be increased? Yeah, your property tax. Having somebody chip in 60% really helps the <laughs> there, bottom line. There is no free lunch, no. Uh, Glenn, and, and we have to pay for roads. The trick is what's the best, most efficient way to do it. I'm not sure that we found it yet, and I, mm-hmm. I, I wish that government, you know, if, if government at all levels would focus more on the core obligations of government and get out of the extracurricular stuff. Yeah. That government wastes trillions and trillions of dollars on every year, hundreds of trillions of dollars on. You know, we would be much better off. But yeah. um, we've, we've spent a lot of money just on cow farts. Yeah. You know, the methane gas. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So, right now we're joined in the uh, studio by my good friend Rob Visconti. Rob is vice chairman of the Ori County Republican Party. Rob wanted to drop by and talk about. We wanted to share some news about. Uh, Pep rally going on this afternoon, a, a, a gathering in um, at the boathouse uh, over on uh, over on the waterway in Myrtle Beach. Also talk a little bit about the upcoming state Republican Party convention coming up next week in in Lexington. So, Rob, welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. Uh, thank you, Reese. I'm glad to be here. And uh, first of all, I'd like to say congratulations to you for being reelected as chair of Horry County Republican Party. I don't know if that's a, a curse or a good thing, but uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. Um, I'm excited about working with you for the next two years and also with Mike Connett, who was also reelected as the state EC. Uh, we make a real good team, and uh, I'm excited for what we're going to do in the next two years. I am, too. I, I, it has been an interesting time and interesting history in in the uh in the in the in the greater uh history of the Ori county republican party this has been an interesting time and we've had plenty of interesting times yes. by the way <laughs> just for the seven months we were in it's been uh we've done more and got more out of the Ori county republican party than i think anybody's done in their term i mean this last seven months has been a real eye-opener for sure <laughs> yeah it's been it's been interesting it's been interesting and but we you know i tell people rob that the republican party people say why do you invest your time in this why do you spend because i ask people look if the party if if the republican party is not the vehicle that is going to defend our freedom who is right you know who is going to stand up for limited government who is going to stand up for individual liberty and i know the republican party is not perfect and i know there we've got people that we need to uh to uh to deal with uh, inside the party who who run as republicans but they don't always uh hew to the platform but the purpose of the party, as we've said many times, as we've talked about, and as I've said, the purpose of the party is to advance the platform. Yep. And the purpose of the platform is to is to define the party. So if you believe in the Republican Party platform, which is a good, solid, conservative prescription for uh, fixing what ails us, then you're a Republican, or you should be. 
I don't know what other, if we don't fix and, and save the Republican Party, I don't know what other group is out there that's going to defend liberty for us. Well, we're looking at the other option right now. It's not working too well for us yeah. right now, what's running this not. country. I mean, our border's wide open, and just like you said, we're sending money over to Ukraine, and it, sh- it could be coming here. Um, it's just, it- it's disgusting, honestly, what's going on in this country, and if you... Yeah are not happy with it, you have to get involved. And that's the reason why we're doing this, because yeah. you know what? I'm not, I don't want to sit on my couch anymore and complain. I want to get involved. And I think everybody who's feeling this, I mean, just go to the grocery store Amen. And, and, and you feel it. So, you know, if you're, you know, discouraged, get involved. That's the only way we're going to change this thing on a local level is where it starts. And I didn't realize that to two years ago when I got involved. And you know what? The local level has a lot to say. It really does. We've been talking about it this morning. Could anybody have even imagined how much worse we would be today than we were 24 months ago yeah. under Trump. Yeah. And and you think to myself, you think to yourself, how on earth could, I mean, this is the, this is the real life results of putting a Democrat in the in the White House. They've they've made a complete mess of the border. We've been talking about that. We we have a literal existential crisis happening at the southern border yeah. right now, and it's it is the result of. President Biden and his administration's policies. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, people have to get involved. People have to become active and, and, and to, uh, and to stand up for freedom and, and liberty and all the things that make America great. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the Joe Biden regime, as I call it, because you know what? You couldn't do this by accident. This is done on purpose, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you can't absolutely. make you yeah. can't make this many mistakes and nope. just keep on going. So, you know, again, if you love this country, which I know all three of us in this room do, yep. you, you got to get involved. Um, it's just it's heartbreaking to see this happening, especially for the future of kids that are going to school now and everything like that. We had a better America, and I'd just like to get that back to them. Amen. Amen. Afghanistan was an impeachable offense. Look yes. at yeah. all the stuff that's happened since then. And absolutely. has there been any accounting? Nope. No. For that. Nope. Those poor is 13 it, people that died. That, is, no. And, and Glenn, think about all the other people. The 13 yeah. is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. Yeah. All the people who were maimed and yeah. hurt. I no. mean, absolutely. Yep. Think of the yeah. people who befriended us that yep. we left yeah. behind. Yep. The equipment we left behind. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was only we, $80 billion. We got to take a short break, but of course, I'm enjoying talking to you. Can you stick, stick with us? Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back, folks. We're talking to Robert Visconti, Vice Chairman of the O'Ree County Republican Party. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Don't leave town. coffee call the show at 843-903-2945 the reese boyd radio hour returns after these on talk 94.5 saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour is now two full hours full hours on talk 94.5 Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.56 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Talking to Robert Visconti. Rob is vice chairman of the O'Ree County Republican Party. So, Rob, we got the state convention coming up next week. That's uh, a big event. That's where the leadership of the party is uh, is elected every two years. We get together, have a convention in Columbia, decide who's going to uh, lead the party going forward, but uh, in advance of that, got an event coming up this afternoon at the Boathouse. Yeah, we have a delegate party at the Boathouse here from 2 to 5. Um, yeah. Originally, it was for all the delegates who were going to go to the convention, but you and I talked and said, hey, 
if you're a Republican, you want to come down and have a good time and have some good drinks and food, you're more than welcome to come down. Everybody's welcome to, uh, to come down to, uh, the boathouse. Again, yeah. it's from two to five. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to talk, you know, a little bit about the convention. If anybody has any questions about hotels and stuff like that who are going to the convention, we might be able to answer that for them too. But again, it's just a chance to get to know your fellow Republican and to t- try to get some unity into this party and have everybody get on the same page. And that's, you know, this is one of our first events that will be coming. We got many more coming down the road for sure. Yeah. So Rob, listen, I want to, got to run but i want to thank you for all that you are doing and mike it's uh it's a labor of love and we're just like i said uh, people um some people criticize some people support but you know we're i think all of us just trying to get in there and get this party back on the rails and moving in the right direction and we're going to do it so thanks thanks for all that you do oh thank you for everything you've done and uh thanks for coming in this morning folks rob visconti vice chairman of the ory county republican party and hope you will uh check us out this afternoon by the way want to give a shout out to the girls soccer team at uh, Christian Academy, playing today in the state championship game. The All guys right. the guys lost uh, their semifinal match, so they will not be in the state championship ba- uh, game. But the girls' soccer team playing in the state championship today in Columbia. So I want to give a shout-out to Christian Academy for that. So congratulations, girls, and good luck in the game. That's where I'll be headed. want to uh, also leave you guys with this, uh, as we always do. A bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I want to thank all our guests today here on Saturday Morning Coffee, all of you for chiming in on the uh, PCRX text line. Have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week uh, for more Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.